and welcome to Calamid Stories with Vicky. Today's affirmations. I believe in myself and my abilities. There is no such thing as failure, only experiences. My confidence increases every day. I wake up in the morning feeling empowered. I am born to do great things. Stay positive and discharge all negative people trying to drag you down to their level. Let them flounder on their own. Stay strong. Today's mindfulness exercise. Put on a favourite piece of music. As you listen to it, allow yourself to respond naturally to what you are feeling, whatever your emotion. Let yourself react physically if you wish. Imagine the music swirling around you and seeping into your bones. What are you experiencing right now? How does your body feel? Where in your body do you feel the music the most? What does that mean to you? How would different music affect you? Make a note of anything you want to. Remember you have your waterfall shower exercise to wash away anything you don't wish to retain. I'm just going to recap the cleansing exercise. If possible, sit with both feet resting equally balanced on the floor. Close your eyes. Otherwise, stand with your feet firmly on both feet and keep your eyes open. But soften your vision so you are not staring at anything in particular. Now imagine you are under a beautiful waterfall or shower and the water is gushing over you, cleansing away any unwanted feelings. Spend time visualising your surroundings, what they look, sound, smell and feel like. What is under your bare feet? What are the colours around you? The textures? What can you hear? What do you smell? Take your time and enjoy the feeling of being cleansed. When you are ready, let the image of the waterfall or shower fade and make sure your feet feel nice and solid on the floor before you continue your day. Remember, you can use these two exercises at any time during your mindful exercises. Some of the suggestions are light-hearted, others may encourage you to delve deeper into your emotions. So choose whatever is right for you at the time. And now we continue the house of the chicken legs. Benjamin. Jack stands on the wall, his grey black feathers ruffling in the breeze as he watches me struggle to squeeze the thigh bone back into place. The sun is high in the sky but the air is still cold. Only a small part of the fence collapsed last night my hands are frozen, so it's taking longer than it should to fix. Car! Jack shouts an alarm call right next to my ear that makes me wince as I turn around. A boy about my age is standing just a few paces away. I blink, wondering if my daydreams are becoming more real as well as more frequent. But he doesn't disappear. My heart races with excitement. He's a real, live, living boy. His long, dark coat is open, 
and a tiny winter lamb is poking its nose out from beneath his armpit. Um, are they human bones? The boy looks at the femur in my hand and the assortment of bones sticking up out of the wall. Yes, no. I scramble to my feet and try to block his view of the nearest obvious human skull. What I mean is, they aren't real. The lie catches in my throat and I feel my face reddening. They look real. A smile plays at the corner of his mouth. He doesn't seem scared, just curious. Well, I suppose they are real. I rest the femur on top of the wall, my fingers trembling. I don't want to scare him away. What I mean is, they aren't fresh. He raises his eyebrows. Like, I didn't kill anyone. Oh, I didn't think you did. He looks along the wall, then beyond it to the house. It's sitting low, legs folded underneath it, so it looks fairly normal, like a small log cabin. Are you on holiday or something? I just moved here with my grandmother. I've never noticed this house down here before. Where did it come from? It walked here. Baba would scold me for telling the truth, but I learned a long time ago that nobody believes me when I say the house walks anyway, and it's easier than making up even more ridiculous lies. The boy looks from the house to me and smiles politely. He thinks I'm joking and is waiting for the real explanation. I'm Marinka. I hold out my hand, eager to change the subject and touch a real live living person. I suppose technically Baba is alive, but she doesn't count, what with her being so old. The boy takes my hand in his. It's warm and slightly damp with sweat. A smile bursts across my face and my cheeks ache with the force of it. I can't remember the last time I spoke to a living person, let alone touched one. It must be at least a year ago, even longer since it was someone my own age. I'm Benjamin. He pulls his hand away and I wonder for a moment if I gripped it too tight, but then I'm distracted by the lamb wriggling under his coat. Can I stroke it? I ask. Benjamin nods and I gently ruffle the top of the lamb's head. It's tiny. He's only a few days old, an orphan. I'm taking him home to Handria. How wonderful. I'd love a lamb. Benjamin looks at Jack cautiously. He's strutting back and forth along the wall, his eyes firmly locked on the lamb. Oh, Jack wouldn't hurt him, I say, wondering just for a moment if he would. Is he your pet? Sort of. I lift my elbow and Jack hops onto it. I raised him from a chick. He was an orphan too. I found him on the island of Standing Stones. Did your house walk there too? Benjamin smiles and his eyes shine with mischief. The house can't walk on water. It swam here. I laugh nervously as it occurs to me how ridiculous this must sound to him. Benjamin tucks the lamb deep into his coat and glances up at the sky. A cold wave of panic crashes over me because he's about to leave and I'll be alone again. This could be my last chance to talk to a living person for, well, maybe years. Would you like some kvass? 
I asked quickly. What's that? A drink. I bite my lip, wishing I'd offered him something else. We're far away from the steps, in a place that Baba calls the Land of Lakes. Of course Benjamin won't know what crevasse is, and it will probably taste really strange to him. The lamb bleats incredibly powerfully for such a little thing. Something for the lamb, I exclaim far too loudly as the idea hits me. Um, I should. Benjamin looks at the house suspiciously, and I wonder if it woke up and did something to scare him, like shift its weight or poke out a claw. I glance back and I'm relieved to see it's still asleep. Please, my chest aches from wanting and willing him to stay. I haven't met anyone from round here yet, I say, and I'd like to learn about the town and... My voice trails away as I look into Benjamin's eyes. They're big, brown and friendly, and my heart does a little flip as I realise he's going to stay. All right, he smiles, I'll try some crevasse, and if you bring some warm water out, I've got something to feed the lamb. I tread softly so not as to wake the house. We used to play a game when I was little called Yaga's Footsteps, in which I would try to sneak up on the house and touch its legs before it heard me and chased me away. Because of that game, I know all the houses, blind and deaf spots, and all the places I can sit and watch for the living without it ever knowing. Baba is asleep in her chair by the fire. I decide cocoa will be more familiar to Benjamin and take longer to drink than Kavas. So I silently lift three mugs from the shelf above the hearth, scoop cocoa, milk powder and sugar into two of them and carefully pour warm water from the kettle hanging over the fire into all three. Jack lands on the porch with thud and his claws click along the wooden floor towards me. I shoot him an angry look and lift my finger to my lips. He stops tilts his head and shrugs his wings in a nonchalant apology. As I creep out with the mugs, he follows me, his claws tapping even louder than before. Honestly, sometimes I think he wants me to get into trouble. Benjamin is sitting on a large rock overlooking the valley, just the other side of the fence. It's big enough for both of us, and another flutter of excitement runs through me, because in a moment I will be sitting next to a real, live, living person. Maybe we'll talk and become friends. Maybe he'll visit me again and we'll go for walks, play games, like other children do. Or at least I think they do. My heart feels it might burst at the thought and the mug trembles in my hands. The bone gate would rattle and wake the house, so I step over the wall where the fence has fallen. A cool gust of wind takes my breath away. I'm not supposed to go further than the fence, but every time I do, even though it's never for more than a few paces, I feel more alive. Everything seems bigger, brighter and more colourful, and I wonder if this is how my mother felt when she went out into the middle of the night and stole the gondola. This smells like cocoa, Benjamin says after sniffing his drink. Oh, it is cocoa. I thought we were having kvass. This is warmer than kvass. I take a sip of mine and buzz as the warmth and sugar flow down into my belly. Benjamin balances his mug on the edge of the rock and pulls a bottle and a crumpled envelope out of his pocket. 
Is that for the lamb? I ask. Yes, it's a special kind of milk powder. He pours some into the bottle, covers it with warm water, shakes it up and then swaps the bottle top for one with a teat on it. Would you like to feed him? Oh yes, please. I put my mug down and Benjamin lifts the lamb onto my lap. I try to wrap my shawl around him, but it's difficult because his thin legs keep kicking clumsily around. Eventually he settles into an uncomfortable looking position and Benjamin passes me the bottle over. The lamb sucks greedily, milk dripping out at one side of its mouth. Jack squawks theatrically and struts off to the withered heather bush, where he makes a show of flipping over stones to look for bugs. He's jealous. I'll make it up to him later, give him something nice from the pantry. Benjamin watches the lamb for a while, then picks up his mug again. So will you go to the school in town? I shake my head. I'm homeschooled because we move around so much. I don't tell him it's because I have to learn how to be the next guardian, that I have to learn the language of the dead and the death journey words, how to cook for the dead and guide them through the gates. Baba says the living aren't supposed to know these things and I'd rather talk about his life anyway. Do you go to school? I ask, wondering what it would be like to sit in a room filled with children and play games with them during breaks. Just imagining it makes me feel giddy. Usually. I've been suspended though. What does that mean? I'm not allowed to go for a week. It's not because I'm bad or anything, Benjamin adds quickly. It was because of a stupid argument with some boys that got out of hand. None of us meant it to, Benjamin sighs. I just don't fit in there, you know? I nod, but I don't know. I've never had the chance to see if I fit in or not. How come you move around so much, she asks. My grandmother is a musician. She likes to travel for inspiration. I pass the empty bottle back to Benjamin, but keep the lamb on my lap. He's so warm. There is nothing like the warmth of a living. It seems to soak deep into my soul. What about your parents? Benjamin swigs the last of his cocoa. My parents died when I was a baby. The image of a Yaga house desperately trying to outrun the flames engulfing it burns through my mind. I blink it away and take a slow breath in, trying to ease the cramping in my chest. My mother died when I was a baby too, Benjamin said quietly. A ripple of understanding relaxes the muscles around my ribs. It feels nice to have something in common with Benjamin, even if it is something as awful as this. I think about my mother all the time, Benjamin carefully wraps the lamb's bottle up in wax paper, even though I never knew her. I know what you mean, I nod. I wonder what my life would be like if my parents had lived. My chest tightens again as I think of my gondola stealing mother and my roof-dancing father. Would they have understood why I don't want to be a guardian? Would they have let me be something else? I turn to Benjamin, willing him to change the subject. So, it's just you, your grandmother, your jackdaw, and your walking house. Benjamin lifts his eyebrows and smiles. Yep, I nod, and we move around a lot. 
when I don't go to school, so it can get pretty lonely. I laugh, although it's not funny at all. Well, it can be lonely at school too, even when you're surrounded by people. How can you be lonely surrounded by people? You know, if they aren't friendly, or if they don't understand you. I think about all my nights guiding the dead, how I can be surrounded by them but still feel alone. I always thought it was because they're dead and I'm alive. I didn't realise you could feel that amongst the living. So what's with the bones in your wall? Benjamin asks. It's a kind of tradition, like Halloween or something. Something like that. I look down to the town by the lake and the little villages surrounding it. Do you live in the town? I live in that village there. Benjamin leans close and points across the valley. I feel the warmth of his breath against my cheek and I stop still, my whole body tingling. He leans back and points in the other direction along the mountain. I've been helping out at a farm over there in the next valley. It was my father's idea. He wants to keep me busy while I'm suspended. That's where I got the lamb from. Benjamin nods at the lamb, now asleep in my lap. I'm a bit worried my father won't let me keep him, to be honest. Oh, I'm sure he will. How could he resist? I stroke the soft, downy fur under the lamb's chin. You're probably right, Benjamin nods slowly, but I should have asked him first. He's not too happy with me, you know, over the suspension thing. He pauses and his eyes widen. Hey, I've got an idea. Why don't you keep the lamb just until tomorrow? I'll ask my father tonight, then come back and pick him up in the morning. Would you mind? I, I, my head spins. Of course I want to see the lamb and see Benjamin again in the morning. I've dreamt about making a friend for as long as I can remember. A living human friend at my own age to talk to and do things with. But Benjamin and I have so much in common. It's like this is meant to be. But what about the house? And Baba? If they find out I've been talking to a living soul, they won't let me out of their sight for a month, probably longer. I look at Benjamin and his big easy smile melts all my worries away. I'd love to have him, I say. But the moment Benjamin has walked away and I step back over the wall, my worries crowd around me, a hundred times darker and heavier than before, because the house has sat up on its haunches and is staring right at me, deep frown on its two front windows.